so glad you are here on this Wednesday night. So thankful that you've come tonight. My, what a touch of God that we feel. There's nothing like the presence of God. Nothing compares to the purity of God's spirit. Hey, you can't find it anywhere what you find in the house of God in his presence. Aren't you glad to be here tonight? I feel him and love him. Amen, amen. You will grab your Bibles tonight and turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. On the first night of prayer revival, we play, we have prayed for God to bring healing, physical healing to people. And amazing that God has been doing that. Sister Anderson sent word to me today that Sister Hodge, Sister Betty Hodge has received a great report and that her, the, the, the tumor in her body, the cancer in her body is shrinking. And we give glory to God for that. We're so thankful. We're so thankful for that. Amen, amen, amen. Also that her insulin level that she's taking is going down. We rejoice because God is good. All good gifts come from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning. We give glory to him tonight. Last night we prayed against the spirit of fear. And while we were praying, the spirit of intercession came in where people in this room individually began to stand in the gap between uh, others and God. And uh, we were praying that God would remove fear. One of the things that the Bible tells us in the end time, there's going to be fear. But we can't have fear in the church. We're not given to a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And uh, God gives us a sound mind, doesn't he? He does. Love and a sound mind. I want to pray for you. I want you to lift your hands. I feel spirit of prayer upon me. Lord, every person in this room, they could be anywhere tonight, but they've chosen to be in the house of God. Our youth are in their session tonight. I pray you bless them. Our children are in their session. But God, this wonderful group of adults that have gathered here for Bible study on this Wednesday night, I pray that revelation would come to them. Hallelujah. That you would move upon their minds. Give them peace in their mind. Above all, give them peace in their mind. Joy in their heart and in their spirit. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody says amen. There's such a call to prayer, I could almost just have a sister pray. But I do feel like to teach tonight, and I'm not sure how long I'm going to teach. Maybe we'll interrupt somewhere during the middle and just pray because we're in prayer revival. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Friday night, and Saturday night at 7 o'clock, we're going to be praying. Every night there's a different theme. We just feel like we're led by the Lord in that. Church on Sunday, we are planning on having church Sunday night unless something else would change. But Monday night and Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, back Wednesday night, and then Thursday, Friday, and Saturday prayer. Fasting is continuing, and we're asking a media fast for, every, with it, for everybody. And it's up to you, your dietary fasting. And uh, I feel like God dealt with me on something. And so I'm doing that myself, my family. Uh, so funny, yesterday, Romans 12, by the way, if I didn't tell you, but yesterday morning, my wife says to Finn, Oh, Finn, I pray you have a great day. He said, I can't. She said, what do you mean you can't? He said, how can you have a great day when you're eating crackers and water? <laughs> because we try to teach our kids to fast, you know, and, and for lunch, he just got crackers and water. It's all he's going to have at school. He said, you can't have a good day with crackers and water. Can I get a witness from some other people in the building? Amen. Amen. I have to say, he's quite right. He's quite right. Poor kid suffering. One time I asked, sorry, what are you going to fast? He said, spinach. <laughs> he did. Another time I asked, sorry, when he was a little boy, I said, what are you going to fast? He said, um, I'm going to fast pop. He said, no, no, I changed my mind. I'm going to fast water. <laughs> Suffer the little children, I think it's in Scripture. Uh, you'll get that later. Uh, Romans 12, 1. Um, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Aren't you glad for that? That ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. 
You have to choose to make holy decisions. You present your bodies, our minds, our bodies to be holy. Where I put myself can determine my holiness. How many know that? You ever been somewhere? You ever been to a restaurant and you come out smelling like that restaurant? It's the same way and certain atmospheres can affect your spirit. You present your bodies, who are you going to present it to? It's the Lord. A living sacrifice, holy, what? What else? Acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. What is it? it goes on, it says, and be not conformed to this world. That means identified with. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and what? Acceptable and perfect will of God. I'd like to teach you tonight uh, about finding the will of God. Finding the will of God. And uh, I think all of us in this room at some point want to know, am I in the will of God? If I'm not, what is the will of God for my life? Uh, Where I'm going to live, what's the will of God? Uh, What's my ministry going to be? What's the will of God? It was verbiage in Scripture that Paul would say, I come to you as an apostle in the will of God. And Jesus taught those that do the work of God and in the will of God. He said, everybody's in the will of God. You're my brother, my sister, and or my mother. That's what he would say. Jesus taught us that it is essential to be in the will of God. Can you be a Christian and not in the will of God? That's not a loaded question. But you could be. You can be a Christian and out of the will of God just because you don't know how to find the will of God. But I do think that the verbiage of Christianity should be, I want to be in the will of God. Well, is it, look at your neighbor and say, is it the will of God? I'm going to take this job. I'm going to move to this state. Is it the will of God? Because just because there's an opportunity doesn't mean it's the will of God. Amen. Can you say amen? Lift your hands and ask the Lord to speak to you. Come on, that's it. Lift your hands. I'm asking you, Lord, to let there be an unction here today. Lord, we love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. You may be seated. His name is Billy Billy Cole. Billy Cole, uh, I personally believe, was an an apostle of the Lord, a modern-day apostle. You don't hear that very often. But Brother Cole has seen in his life over one million people filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It was a privilege to know him. My wife, for a period of time, attended his church. People in the church would call him Papa Cole, people that were close to him. I wasn't close to him in that manner, but I did know him. Uh, I remember... Sister Bounds and I, Cindy and I, he called us one year right after we got married during Christmas. He said, Shirley and I want to take you and Cindy to dinner. And we did. We went to his house and he began to share some of those powerful moments about his life. I'll give you an example. He said, when I was 20 years old, he said, I was pastoring a church. I started a church in Ravenswood, West Virginia. He said, there was a lady that was attending our church. She was a former member of the Church of the Brethren. Can you all hear me clear tonight? Maybe just a little more monitor if you can. Um, but he said, I was a member. Uh, he said she was, she'd been a former member of the Church of the Brethren. She had seven or nine kids. Uh, and her name was Sister Barnes. Uh, he said, I received a phone call one night. And he said and that she was very, very sick. And they'd asked for me, her pastor, to come and pray. He said, on the way, I began to pray. He said, I was headed to her house, and he said, a little bit of a drive. He said, but on the way, he said, I felt like the Lord had showed me that she was going to be fine, that she was going to live. He said, when I get to the house, he said, when I walk in, the doctor, the, the physician's there, the former, her former pastor's there, her children are there in the house. And he said, I walked up to her, and uh, she was already pronounced dead, and they had put a sheet over her head. And that already covered her face with a sheet. He said, but I felt like I knew the voice of God and that God said she would be fine. 
He said, I pulled the sheet back and when I did, he said, I could see the smirks of people, this 20, this young preacher. What, what does he think he's doing? He's out of line. He said, I only knew one way to pray and that was loud. And if any of you ever heard Billy Cole pray or preach, he was loud. He was. He had a booming voice like this. And uh, he would laugh in the middle of his messages or something. You know, my, my brother and I were a little kid. We didn't grow up with a television in the home, so you had to get creative. We'd listen to preaching, and when he would laugh, we would put it on chipmunk style. You know, the play, hear Billy Cole laugh in chipmunk style was pretty uh, entertaining. And, uh, but I remember, I remember him telling me, personally telling me the story. You remember, we were at Bob Evans. He was sharing this. He said, I began to say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, nothing happened. He said, I went and turned to the wall. And he said, I started praying in tongues. I started praying and speaking in other tongues. He said, turn around, nothing happened. When I, he said, when I saw them mocking me, he said, something stirred up in me. And he said, it was sort of like uh, a cat that's been pushed in the corner and you see the hair rise up on its back. He said, what happens is when that happens to a person of faith, he said, it's Romans 10 takes place where it says, the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth. It's the word of faith which we preach. The word of faith stirs up inside of you. And he said, I stepped back to her and I said, Sister Barnes, get up. He said, when I said that, she raised right up. She did. That's a true story. She raised right up from that death where she was and lived. Amen. And God gave him a miracle at age 20. How many know he still can resurrect the dead? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. I think if we're not careful that the element of the generation, that generation, they were more about the will of God than they were, oppor than they were opportunistic. How does this phase me? I preached Sunday in the 9 and the 11, both services. I made this statement. I've never preached it before until last weekend about the incentive of killing the giant. You, you won't have to pay taxes. You get the... You get the king's daughter. If, you'll fuss, if just somebody will fight, you know, we, you, you, you won't ever have to pay taxes again. That, that's incentivized. David didn't go there because he needed the incentive to fight. He went there because he wanted to do the will of God. Amen. And that's the way in our culture now. And remember, any time that culture is in effect in a nation, it will bleed into the church unless you have holiness preaching, righteous preaching. The pulpit, amen. The pulpit and the pew on our knees before God with a conviction and conscience will defy what culture is doing and keep us relevant, biblical, cultural, amen. We gotta be biblically, uh, a, a biblical culture above American culture or modern culture or we will miss the will of God for our lives. Can you say amen? How many wanna be in the perfect will of God? Amen. I told somebody the other day, uh, uh, Brother Orwig, I told him the other day, I said, I don't know why, but it seems like the anchor church has been a little bit cold recently. I don't know what it is. And I, I, I realize it's winter outside. That's not what I'm saying. But the thermostats have been set on the same, 70. But I said, it seems colder in here. I also realize I'm 43, and that could be why it feels cooler in here. My blood's getting a little thinner, and I take baby aspirin every day. But you know what I did? I turned it up. You're welcome. And if you're hot, blame somebody else. But if you feel good, it was me. Amen. And, uh, but the thermostat, I turned it up. You know what's amazing is when it's 15 degrees outside, if there was no thermostat or furnace here, it would affect the temperature in here and it would make it near 15 degrees in here. Because what happens on the outside of the church is going to affect or affect what's on the inside of the church. But what you have on the inside of the church has to oppose what's going on the outside of the church. And for our temperature, it's a furnace and a thermostat. But amen, with culture, it must be the undefiled, irrefutable, indisputable word of God. We've got to have his word if we are going to know his will. We've got to know his word. Don't preach to me culture. Preach to me the will of God. Preach to me the word of God. I've got to have this word. It's the word that opposes culture. Somebody say amen and clap your hands and praise him for his word. Praise God. And I'm going to put it this way. We can preach it 
And we can have an atmosphere here that's holy and conducive and inspirational that you say, I want to be in the will of God. I want to do the work of God. I want to be what God wants me to be. And you go get in your car. If you don't have a thermostat in there, it's going to be 15 degrees in your car. If you get home, it's going to be 15 degrees in your house. You have to take some ownership of the temperature you want it to be in your car and then in your house. You can't leave what I preached at the church. You've got to take this home and proclaim it in your car, proclaim it in your house. As for me and my house, we're going to be in the will of God. As for me and my house, we're going to do the work of the Lord. Somebody say amen. Well, I'm on it. I might as well preach about it. The book of Acts church, they were so powerful that they, they, the doctrine of the gospel of Jesus Christ is spread as fast as COVID. This last batch of COVID that went through nearly got everybody. All 50 states are read at the same time. It's hard to find somebody that hasn't been sick. Almost as what it seems. Because if you just get around somebody, they think they got just a, a snotty nose and come find us, they got more than that. And just to breathe around them for a minute, you walk away getting it. People that had COVID two months ago, got it again. I had it a year ago, got it again. It, it, was, it was so contagious that it spread very quickly. What I'm saying is this, is that this gospel got down on the inside of these believers. That when they got around an unbeliever, it just came out and affected them. And this person went and told about what happened to them and it affected them. History says that the apostle Paul was so influential with the gospel. He said things like this. I say to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. We come not enticing words with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. That when the gospel gets down on the inside of a believer that hasn't been contaminated by culture, hasn't been contaminated by the traditions of men, but it's authentic, it's burning like fire shut up in your bones. History said the apostle Paul, when he was in jail, they would have to trade out his soldiers or the jailers every 15 minutes or he would convert them. That's influential. That's influential. What would happen if our focus was propagating this gospel? Is getting the gospel to the next person. Not just the next city, but the next person. I'm going to tell you what would happen. We could fill this city with the gospel of Jesus Christ and people can be delivered. People can be set free. We can see the greatest revival we've ever seen in the history of this city. That is the will of God. Somebody say amen. Oh, I want it to burn. Everybody shout this. I want the gospel to burn down deep in my heart. Amen. Brother Dylan that comes here was intern. His aunt wrote the song. I've got that Holy Ghost down in my soul. Just like the Bible says. I've got that Holy Ghost down in my soul. It's too old for you, isn't it? Just like the Bible says, I've been to the water and I've been baptized. My soul got happy and I'm satisfied. I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Just like the Bible, just like the Bible, just like the Bible says. Well, it's all over me and it's keeping me alive. It's keeping me alive. It's it's that Holy Ghost and fire. I come to tell you there's going to be a revival where the Holy Ghost and fire is going to burn on your life again. It's going to light a fire in your family. It's going to light a fire in this city. Oh, clap your hands. Stand to your feet and shout. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Woo. You know what we are? A move of God, I'm going to preach about a Sunday, will make you want to be in the will of God. There's no time for a dead church service or a cold home. We ought to have fiery church and passionate devotions where it spreads through our house, spreads through our children, our lands.
I hope the fire of God can be as contagious with my family as COVID has. You may be seated. Amen. I'm stirred to the core. I feel a fire in this room. Amen. Our Wednesday nights are going to be full. And God's going to protect us and keep us. Come on. We celebrate Sunday crowds, but God's going to do something. There's going to be a hunger in the believer that says, I want to learn how to be in the will of God. I want to learn how to know his word, how to do what he wants me to do, how to operate in the gifts of the spirit, how to become what he wants me to become. Is there anybody hungry that says, I want to be anointed of God. I want my giftings to be on fire. I want my calling of God. Amen. 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 Somebody shout amen. So Billy Cole, that generation, they, they believed in the supernatural. But they wanted nothing more than the perfect will of God in their life. And so there's a pattern that is set here. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Look at your neighbor and say, you wouldn't be here without God's mercy. That ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Your body belongs to the Lord. You know that think tank you got there. That body you've got there. That aging body that you have, it's the Lord's. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. You know what that means? Everything that I embody belongs to Him. Can I take it a step further? Jesus taught about the body. He said, if you think it in your heart, not just you commit it, but you think on it, you dwell on it. It's already a sin. What you think about, what you dwell on. As a man thinketh in his heart, what? If I have something in my life, well, I feel this right now. If I have something in my life controlling my thoughts and it's not like God, I need to get rid of it. If I've got something, everybody take your hand. Jesus was very wise. He was our example. He was holy, perfect. Take your hand and form a circle. Everybody, form a circle. I've taught this, but I'm going to teach it again. One of the greatest privileges you have as a believer or an individual is to choose your circle of influence. Who's speaking into my life? Who's teaching me? Who is leading me? Who I call friends? You don't have to have somebody in that circle influencing you that you don't need. It's a privilege. Jesus prayed all night long and he chose 12 because he knew to be effective, he had to be in the right circle. Because not only was he going to influence them, they were going to strengthen him. Amen. Listen, your circle will either weaken you or strengthen you. It's not good for a man to be alone. You get to choose your spouse. You get to choose your friends. You don't get to choose your family. Amen. I don't know where that fell so hard, but that just crushed some people right there. We can name them who our friends are. Maybe, maybe you say, oh, I don't have enough. I've got so many friends. A lot of acquaintances, but friends, people that influence you. I'm not just talking about people you know. One of those influences, everybody take your circle. Say it's a circle of influence. Probably going to have a pastor in there, a teacher, a mentor, a parent, somebody in there that's going to be influencing you, you, the way you walk, talk, live, and act. Open that circle up. There's one that we have not considered as an influencer. Come on, open your circle up. Everybody be obedient. There's a spot for one influencer, and it's called media. It's as great as an influence as a human being. He said to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. If it causes you to have unholy thoughts, unholy desires, you need to remove its influence. Because if you ever want to be in the will of God, you can't get in the will of God if you don't present your bodies holy. And you can't be holy putting yourself in an unholy atmosphere. I have, I know people sometimes, they feel so guilt-ridden to be in certain relationships. Well, I've had, I've had young people to tell me, 
But if I break up with them, they'll backslide. I'm like, listen to what you're saying. They're only here for you. You break up with them, they backslide. Listen, you're not their savior. Break up with them. If you break up with them, they backslide. That is definitely meant that, meant was that you're not meant to be together. How many know that's true? Well, I'm afraid I'll hurt their feelings. What if I do that? I'm telling you, I'd rather hurt your feelings and go to heaven than live in guilt and go to hell and miss the will of God. There's people in this room right now that I feel it under the inspiration of God. You need to sever that relationship. I feel that very, very strongly here tonight. And one of those relationships could be a, an aspect of media. You all know I'm telling you the truth. It could be news. It could be specific site. It could be a, a game. It could be music. Music is an influencer. Somebody, somebody told me, said, said that a, a, a CD case, now it's a playlist, but it really becomes your Bible. You will live out the songs you listen to. Look at your neighbor say, he's preaching real good right now. Amen. It's right to you. Oh, it's just a classic. Doesn't matter. If that sparks unholy thoughts, you're going to miss the will of God. Everybody say the will of God. Amen. Look at your neighbor say, he's preaching to you and you know it. Amen. He said, holy. Watch this. I'm acceptable to God. Let the words... I know it's old school. Let the words of my mouth and let the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Not only what I speak, but what I think. Because what you are when no one's around is who you are. God sees us on Sunday, but he also sees us Sunday night when nobody's looking. Saturday, Tuesday morning, 4.30 in the morning. He sees you. Everybody say the will of God. Accept the will of God, which is your reasonable service. And what he is saying here is living for God is reasonable. It's never beyond livable. Pharisees put 600 some laws beyond the law of Scripture and they couldn't even live out their own laws they set. What he's saying is holy can be more strict, but it's not so strict, it's not attainable. I want you to say this, living for God is attainable. I've met some people that never feel good enough. You could give them 600 laws and they would find another one. Are y'all listening to me? Because they deal with insecurities of not ever been accepted. But I'm telling you, there's a place in God, Woo! I feel revelation in here. There's a place in God where you feel accepted by Him. Never underneath, but confident in that He's pleased with me. I had a Bible study with somebody today and I told him, I said, you're living at a place that's so absent from sin and so intentional with God that He's pleased with your decisions and He's giving you discretion. No longer fighting off sin, but walking just hand in hand with the Lord. And that is a path of peace. That's not a struggled place. But how do you do it? Paul said, I've got to die daily. It's not the will of God to live for Him in guilt all the time and never, being in the, never, never feeling good enough. Come on, it's the will of God to have confidence. Are y'all hearing me tonight? The Bible says, cast not away therefore your confidence. And you can't just have confidence that God is good. You can have confidence that He's, he's accepted my, my life. He's accepted. He is pleased. I want everybody to say, the Lord is pleased with me. Amen. And uh, Brother Cole makes the statement, and uh, uh, I have just sort of basked in the preaching for several weeks now. But one of the things that he, he said, he said that he was in his early 20s and uh, he said that uh, a man had come to him and uh, he, he was in an apartment praying and singing the Lord and this man that was a, a, a Presbyterian man had, had come by the apartment that he was in and said somebody had given me this uh, address to this house and, uh, and, and came up to the apartment he was in and said, I feel like we need to talk. 
He said the amazing thing, this hadn't been this address. It was, it was an erroneous address. The man didn't know how he got the address, but this man showed up at his apartment in a random town that he was preaching in. And they began to talk. And what, what Brother Cole had had a burden for Thailand, and the man that showed up randomly at his apartment in this place where he was preaching was a missionary to Thailand. Somebody had given him an address and said, go here. But nobody knew that Brother Cole was there. And when they gave him somebody, you know what I believe it was? An angel of the Lord. Because Brother Cole had had a burden for Thailand. Now listen to me. I'm preaching to believers tonight. I'm preaching to people that want to be in the will of God. And that Brother Cole had had a burden for Thailand. He and, he and his wife, Shirley Cole, were very, very young. And he said, I had a burden for Thailand. He said, I drove up to Ohio to go to the tri-state camp meeting. He said, I had this, there was, there was a preacher that was there. He said, I had great respect for. And I'm going to teach you something here tonight. Having respect for ministry and praying saints of God will allow the word of God and promises of God to flow through them to you. I see a lot of prophecy. have a lot of people prophesy to me. And I'm going to tell you one of the reasons why is, is because I believe the Lord loves me. And, but I believe in prophecies. I believe in a sure word from God. I believe in a rhema word. I believe in people giving you a word from the Lord. I've always had much confidence in the saints of God. I've had much confidence in prophets and the faithful ministry. And that's why I believe part of, we believe in that here. Can you say amen? And Brother Cole said, I went to a meeting and he said, I had much respect for this preacher. And he said, that preacher walked by me and said, Billy, you will miss the will of God if you do not go to Thailand. He said, I heard that and I knew it was confirmation. He said, I didn't know how I was going to get to Thailand. And then this random missionary from the Presbyterian, Presbyterian organization shows up and, and at his apartment and they have a great move of God, spent days in the word and the revelation of the name and the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and found out this man had already been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues. And that man went with him and Brother Cole went to Thailand and became a great missionary where tens of thousands, maybe now hundreds of thousands of people have been affected with the revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because if you will present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, willing, acceptable, and ready, God will do the rest. Are y'all hearing me tonight? I said God will do the rest. God will order the steps there's this verse in Psalms 37. Let's turn there tonight. Psalms 37. I feel such a powerful touch of the Lord. It's hard for me to contain myself, actually. I'm doing everything I can not to just shout and dance up here right now. Anybody feel the surge of God's presence out there? Hallelujah. Three of you feel that way. I'm all by myself up here right now. What's what it says in Psalms 37, verse 3? Trust in the Lord and what? And do good. There's never a right time to do wrong things. He said, do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. He goes on, verse 4, said, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of an heart. I love verse 5 because he says, Commit thy way unto the Lord. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall what? Bring it to pass. There are so many powerful verses that are in this scripture. But when you're talking about the will of God, I remember when I was praying about coming to Zanesville, I also actually had five doors open to me, my wife and I, at the same time. Um, and she and I were praying about what to do. And I had just finished my engineering degree. We'd been evangelizing. And uh, I had a man that wanted me to move to Wisconsin to be a youth pastor. He felt so good about it, that he actually bought a house. He would call and he said, this is God. He'd leave a voicemail. He's cut up, you know. And, uh, and I had to pray about going, whether it was Appleton, Wisconsin. Um, uh, an opportunity to stay home in Glen Ferris, evangelizing. Had a, uh, another opportunity that, to be a church planner, which I always wanted to do. I grew up in a house of a home missionary, a church planner, and I wanted to be a church planner. I always wanted to plant a church. Never wanted to take a church per se. And I uh, got my engineering degree and here I'm, we're, we, got, we have this, these things ahead of us and actually we didn't know what to do. We felt, everybody grab your chest and say we felt something transitioning. 
Now remember, God always deals with you through your emotions. So you have to be very careful how you medicate yourself. Because if you numb your emotions, the Bible says, For we have a high priest who has passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Therefore let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. If you can't feel, you can't get direction. Medicine. We're living in the most medicated generation there's ever been. Listen, I'm being real with you. I have sat in Bible studies, try to teach Bible studies to zombies. Can't even stay awake. I feel like Jesus. Can you not stay awake with me one hour? Really, I'm not being crude. I'm not being rude. I realize there's a place for medication. I'm not against it all. But I'm saying I've seen some people that can't even stay awake enough to even feel anything. And when God's going to deal with it, if you sin, you're going to feel a level of condemnation or guilt or wrong. You need to repent of it. It's, it's, it's what gets you back on track. Can you say amen? And so, so um, when God's going to deal with a person, He's going to operate through them. He's going to give you peace or no peace. And the priesthood, they had a... Uh, is everybody still with me? All right. Are y'all learning tonight? On the, on the priesthood, the Bible says He's made us kings and priests unto our God. And so as a priest, he had a breastplate in the tabernacle. He had a breastplate there, Sister Sharp, Sister Ross. And on the breastplate, uh, in the, it was like a pocket in the chest that they would put two, uh, a urim or thumb, some pronounce it different, but, but it was two stones. And when they would go before the Lord to get a yes or no, one stone would either light up or the other one would light up. There, there's no proof, but we do know that the stones gave a yes or no, a true or false Go to war or not? Do we go to war or not? And the priest would go before the Lord, and that's how they would do it. They would pull out the stones, and one was a yes or one was a no. Where was it placed? Everybody take your hand and put it over your heart. Watch what I'm going to teach you. Is that God, when He is directing you toward His will, He will have you will feel emotions right there in your heart. And He will either give you peace about it or not, no peace about it. My mother, my mother told me, she said, Aaron, she said, God will operate, will always operate in the realm of peace. Twice the Bible says, follow peace with all men. One time the Bible says, let peace rule your heart. Sometimes you go to do something and you just feel a check. I'm talking to believers tonight. You feel a check. Something doesn't feel, I'm just going to wait. You know, doing nothing is sometimes doing the greatest thing. I mean, what I'm talking about? Waiting on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord. But you feel when God's leading you, remember, the Lord will never push you into destiny. He will pull you to where He is. Everybody can help me now. Take your hand. He's going to pull you to where He is. That's how the will of God unfolds. That's right. And uh, the, you know, the Bible says, through much tribulation shall you inherit the kingdom of God. That means through much pressure. You can have pressure and peace. I feel like I've lost you maybe, but I don't think so. I'm filling you out maybe. And uh, you, you, can, you can, Paul said, I rejoice that I've been persecuted for Christ's sake, that I've been allowed to suffer with Him. You can be persecuted and have peace. You can be imprisoned and have peace. Are y'all with me? Amen. He talked about it in his shipwreck and he talked about it in his imprisonment. He said, but it talked about I have peace. He said, I rejoice in my persecution. Now, it doesn't make sense to me logically, but from a spiritual perspective, he said, I know I'm in the will of God. Things can go wrong in your life, but you have overwhelming peace and know, I know I'm in the will of God. And if because I have peace, I'm not staying in this condition, God's going to bring me through this trial. I'm coming through this valley. I'm not here forever. This is not my final destination. I'm coming out of this problem because God has given me peace in the midst of my trouble. How many know there's peace in this? Oh, clap your hands and thank God that He leads us through His peace. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Some of you in, the, in, in here tonight might be seeking, what's the will of God for my life? What's the plan of God for my life? And uh, I, I, uh, I feel like that you need to understand these principles. Never override uh, the lack of peace. Because God will always operate in the realm of peace. Let's the church say amen. amen. And Cindy and I had to pray. Uh, we had to pray, what is the will of God? Wouldn't you know it? Could evangelize? Could stand Glenn Ferris? Could go to Appleton, Wisconsin, where the Ferris had talked about me coming here.
at one point, and uh, I knew that was a, a, a possibility. And uh, I, uh, do y'all have time here tonight? Can I, can I tell you how I got here? Is that okay? I, feel, I, I wonder if we could just stop and just pray right now because I, I do think we need, let me, let me just stop myself here a minute. Stand your feet and lift your hands and say, Lord, I want to learn to follow your spirit. I want to be led of your spirit. Hallelujah. I want to be led of your spirit. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's take a moment and pray. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Take a moment. Take a moment and reach out and say, Lord, I want to learn your spirit. Let's talk to the Lord for a moment. God, I want to be in your perfect will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Be seated a few more moments. Um, and so, sitting and I didn't know what to do. I, had, uh, I was at my house one day and a man stopped by and knocked on my door and and uh, it was a family member of Cindy's. And he said, I'm in the area. I just want to swing by. And he said, we just had somebody where I work. Uh, they've, they've stepped out of the role as a project engineer and said, you're the one that come to our mind. We'd like you to come and interview for the job as a project engineer. And it seemed, it seemed, Brother Paul, like this is a door that's from God. You know, that's how it seemed to me. Brother Putnam, uh, this is a door. I've got my engineering degree. I've got my engineering degree so I could plant a church and not flip burgers and support my family. That's why I went and got an engineering degree. That was my intent. And I'm just teaching you, you don't get a career because of how much money it's going to give you. You get a career so you can be in the will of God. Amen. How many believe that? And so that's the way we think. That's the way I was trained to think. And... and uh, uh, I, here it is. I've got my degree. My wife's got her degree uh, as a dental hygienist. And we're going to go. We talked about going to her hometown. There was no church there. United Pentecostal Church there in Taze Valley, uh, West Virginia. And went down there and, and interviewed for the job. Uh, it looked like I was going to get the job. We started looking at property and buildings and what we would do. And uh, then, then I called my superintendent and said, I need some counsel outside of family. You know, I love my dad. My dad's amazing. He's my pastor. I still counsel with him consistently. But I wanted to get another man uh, that I trusted very much, that I had much confidence in. It pays to have confidence in people. And it pays to have somebody be a confident to someone. Amen. To live that life acceptable and holy and pure. And uh, I sit down with him and he said, well, Brother Bounds, Brother Aaron, he called me. He said, Brother Aaron, he said, you know, why don't you go to Taste Valley? And why don't you sit there in a the parking lot you get a burden for that city and cry over those people? He said, why don't you go start a church there? If you feel to evangelize, go evangelize. He said, if you want to go to Zanesville, you feel to do that? He said, the will of God would just, would just be what you want to do. I got in the car. Now, I'm, I, I realize I'm on live stream and I'm saying this. And, and uh, I love Brother Garts very, very much, but... I, I got in the car. I said, honey, I think that might be the worst advice I've ever been given. <laughs> and uh, now I would have never said it to him because he's an amazing man of God. And, and, and if somebody's listening to those Brother Garlands right now, don't stop listening yet. The story's not over. And uh, we're driving down the road. We're evangelizing, still traveling and preaching 40-some churches a year. And we were in the will of God at that moment. But we felt, remember, talking about we felt a transition coming. There was some change about to happen. And, and uh, we're going down the road, and I, we, Cindy's favorite verses, I just read it to you. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And I, I, said, um, I said, you know, I like that verse. It's not my favorite, but I like it. It's your favorite. I said, you know what that means? Now, country boy here, if I want to kill a 12-point buck, and I live right, God's going to let me kill a 12-point buck, a five-pound bass, and I don't know, go down the road. I mean, you... Get your perfect set of golf clubs and a hole in one. I don't know what your hobbies are, but, but if I live for God, I'm going to get all these things. He's going to give me the desires of my heart. My wife said, that's not what that verse means. Whoever says she wasn't a preacher, I don't know. They missed it, let me tell you. She said, that's not what that verse means. I said, what does it mean? She said, it means if you will delight yourself in the ways of the Lord, He's going to give you His desires. He's going to change your desires. Paul said, the things I used to love, I now hate. And the things I used to hate, I now love. 
My desires have changed. Something's changed on the inside. Who did it? The Lord. And all of a sudden, I want to be in Zanesville. All of a sudden, my heart is here. Because the will of God will never be to go somewhere or to do something that's not His will. The desire, that's not your desire. Now, now listen, I'm not just talking to believers. Did I say a Christian could be out of the will of God? Yeah, you know why? Because they have faith. They're just not holy. They're not living a life that's acceptable. They're not presenting their bodies a living sacrifice, a dying daily. They live in disarray. They step out of the spirit into the carnal flesh and out of the carnal flesh back into spiritual things. It's Sunday to Saturday and Saturday to Sunday. What is it? They become opportunistic, which is very, very easy to do in the flesh. But opportunities do not mean the will of God. The will of God sometimes is a less better opportunity, but it has peace with it. And I'm going to tell you, if you step into the will of God, it will always beat the opportunity. Did you hear me? It seems like less of an opportunity, but God will always bless the will of God more abundant than what was originally an opportunity. I think you ought to clap your hands and thank God for His will. It's my desire to live for Jesus. It's my desire to live for Him. On earth I long to be like Jesus. It's my desire to be like Him. My mother used to sing that song in church. As I come to a close and everybody stand tonight, her name was Betty Wood. Betty Wood in that church in West Virginia, when we'd have testimony service, she'd stand to her feet and she would say this statement. I just want to thank the Lord for a desire to serve Him. I remember thinking to myself, what does it mean? But years after year, month after month, every time, I just want to thank the Lord for a desire to serve Him. Can I tell you this? Those that delight themselves in the Lord... He'll give them a desire to serve Him. You'll, you'll want to be at the house of God. You'll want to give. You'll want to pray. You'll want to read your Bible. You'll want to be holy. You'll want to say no to sin. Where does that desire come from? It comes from the Lord. You're not here. You're not here by accident. You're here because God gave you desire to be here. You know what I don't want to ever do? I don't want to ever lose my desire because I chose to not present myself holy, acceptable, pure, right before Him. I, I read the, this, this last verse, and I'm going to let you pray as long as you want. Everybody say, the will of God. How many want to be in the will of God? Amen. The Lord, there's conviction in here tonight. I feel a great call to prayer. How many feel that besides me? Amen. He said... And be not conformed. That's a commandment. Be not identified with or conformed to this world. Don't let culture change you. Don't let culture change you. Don't, don't try to be in alignment with culture. But be ye transformed. Everybody say transformed. By the renewing of your mind. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What he's saying is this, is that you can prove and know that you're in the will of God. I think it's powerful. I do. That you can live a life of confidence and say, I know I'm in the will of God. That's the goal of every believer is to end up knowing I'm not just saved, but I'm in the will of God. Paul said, I'm an apostle in the will of God. Look at your neighbor and say, are you in the will of God? Lift your hands and open your hearts. The Lord's going to visit you right now. Lift your hands, open your hearts. Some of you are here right now saying, what's the will of God for my life? I just told you how to find it.
God's calling you back to a place of relationship with Him. I just want to please you, God. Hallelujah. God's restoring desires in your heart because you've been focusing toward the Lord again. It's a new year. It's a new day. It's a new start for you. It's just the first month of January. And God's stirring the coals that's down deep inside of you. Got an anointing for you. The will of God is unfolding. Hallelujah. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Finding the will of God is being pleasing to the Lord first. He's going to direct your steps. I can trust my desires because I'm living right. I can trust my desires because I'm doing right. I can trust my emotions because I've been right with the Lord. I'm living a righteous life. I'm holy. And I can prove that this is the will of God. Come on. There's going to be confirmation settled right into your spirit. If you want renewed tonight, you want that desire renewed in your life, I know it's Wednesday. I know we've just hit 8 o'clock on the dot. But I want you to run to this altar and say, I'm ready for a refreshing. I'm ready for a, a, a renewing of my mind. A transforming. That's it. It's going to be a brand new year for me. I'm going to end 2022 knowing I'm in the will of God. I'm going to have that blessed assurance. My family's going to be in the will of God. My giftings are going to operate. My calling. Come on, that's it. Paul said, David, who was in the will of God. That's it, brother.